This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. We're here to help you win the ultimate bragging rights, a fantasy title. Let's go! Now, here's Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. And welcome to the last of our position previews. It's time to talk wide receivers. This is part one of two. And we're going to focus on the elite guys at the top and talk a little strategy today on the Fantasy Football Today podcast. I am Adam Azer with Dave Richard, with Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings. Guys, did you know that in non-PPR leagues, wide receivers 4 through 13 were separated by just 16 fantasy points last year? Does that mean anything to you, or is that a useless stat? Isn't that typically how this goes? Nah, not so much at the top, I don't think. I'm going to draft the 16th wide receiver, fifth overall. <laughs> <laughs> kind of quirky. It was it was a it down is. year for wide receivers. I think that's it. It was it. a really it was it was very similar to the year that running backs had, not last year. I think not the year before. 2015, when yeah. Devontae Freeman was number one, Danny Woodhead was like number three in PPR. Yeah, um, but. As a clarification, in 2016, wide receiver score four outscored wide receiver 13 by 48 fantasy points. Yeah, oh wow. That's uh, good stat. Yeah, see, that last year was just a strange year for wide receiver. Like, like for example, Keenan Allen was the number three wide receiver last year in both formats. And if you put his fantasy point total up, into other years, he was more like, you know, number eight, number ten. I can get you the exact numbers in a little bit. But first thing I got to tell you is about Buffalo Wild Wings. Start your fantasy football league right by booking your draft party at B-Dubs. You'll get a free draft kit and enjoy a draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables at a special price. Only at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports, at participating locations while supplies last. All right, so let's start with this, and I'll just tell you that Keenan Allen, just to correct myself, um, number three wide receiver last year, take his fantasy point total in 2016, would have been number seven in standard, number five in PPR. 2015, it would have been number nine. 2016, or 2014, rather, would have been number 10. So, yeah, weird year. Anyway, we talked a lot on running backs part one about top ten. There were ten clear elite guys. What is the equivalent of that at the wide receiver position? What's the top tier look like? Ten. It's ten, but I think it's split into two groups. Heath? Yeah, I'm, I might even say that it's nine, but I do agree that it's kind of split. It's kind of split into two groups, although I feel uncomfortable now with having too much separation between Hopkins and Beckham and Jones. Mm-hmm. And... Judging by ADP, who's who are the ten? Does that include Mike Evans and T.Y. Hilton? Yes. yes. I would not include Mike Evans, but yes. And that is a really, really important distinction because judging by ADP, those are the only two that you can get late in the second round. It's it's so stupid, by the way. <laughs> is it? Yes. <laughs> well, Hilton's there in the third in a lot of drafts. Right. I think that's what you meant, right? The third round. I oh, said late in the second. Uh, well, Evans oh, is going. Oh, no, I see him in the third round. So Evans is going 24th. Which ADP are you looking at? Ours I'm, or I'm looking else? at Fantasy Pros half okay. PPR. Okay. So in ours, it's stupid. They're uh, going uh, in the third round. It's stupid. That's in non-PPR, right? That's just in the, the, um. Oh, composite everything? Composite, yes. It's not stupid if you get them in the third round. <laughs> You're not going to get them in the third round. 
Right. But if you do, we'll get, I, we you, should you, do. you might get T.Y. Hilton in the third round for a little while longer because I, I just did in a best ball draft. And best ball is his, maybe his best format. Because he's a little inconsistent, you just get the the big performances and why, because why is he has best, a lot of big games, yeah, right? Because he has a lot of big games. Uh, okay, so if you guys do think of those two, and Heath does not feel about that way about Evans, but does about Hilton in the same group, then they are presenting some of the best draft value. Realistically, you might not get Ty Hilton in, in round three, but also we should point out. We haven't really seen much from Andrew Luck. He did not throw the ball downfield in the preseason game. He hasn't played, you know, back-to-back weeks. He hasn't gone through the the rigors of a season. So it's not like there's no risk there with T.Y. Hilton, right? I mean, we got to at least put that disclaimer out there. You can put that disclaimer out there, but along with all the training camp reports of Andrew Luck looks great and he's completing 80% of his passes and, wow, he looks like he's never left. There's been a lot of Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton are back on the same page. Their chemistry is solid. Andrew Luck is looking for T.Y. Hilton a lot. When you talk about wide receivers with 150 target potential, Hilton's probably going to get there if he plays 16 games. But let me ask you this, because I I do think that there could be seen as some separation uh, between specifically T.Y. Hilton and the rest of the group. Can you really finish number one? If you look at those ten receivers, how many of them do you think can finish number one? Because T.Y. Hilton has never caught more than seven touchdown passes in a season. And that's because he's, you know, he relies on a lot of, of deep balls, a lot of big plays. He's not a huge red zone threat. I, I could see him getting, I think we could all probably see a scenario where he gets over seven, but twelve, that would be a pretty huge jump for him, you know? So how many of those guys can finish number one? And is T.Y. Hilton, can he finish number one? I, I would have to say no. I would agree. But it doesn't mean he can't finish top five, and you're getting him as the tenth wide receiver. So I'm fine with that. I'll also tell you, and this I, without jumping ahead too much, mm-hmm. if T.Y. Hilton isn't your tenth receiver, who is? If T.Y. Hilton's not in your top oh, ten, that I, means you've got somebody else up there who you think will be better than T.Y. Hilton. Well, didn't you, the didn't you like Tyreek Hill better than him? I did, but I how can I go against T.Y. Hilton with luck looking the way that he looks? Oh, I'm not, I'm not saying you're, you're wrong to make the switch, but you like Tyreek Once upon Hill. a time yeah. when I wasn't sure where Andrew Luck was at, yeah, Tyreek Hill was higher. And, and, I and think Tyreek Hill for me is 11. If, Spoiler if, alert. If, uh, if Doug Baldwin was 100%, you can make an argument for him. You sure could. Yeah. Right, but but I think now it's pretty clear that that Hilton has established himself as top ten. However, you guys all have him. Well, Heath has him eighth ahead of Devontae Adams, um, but eighth or tenth for you guys. So toward the back of the group, and and he will not be the only one we talk about. We'll see how far we get into ADP. This is a two-parter, just like running back. I have some important announcements to make that I've been neglecting, so let me please just get this out of the way for everybody. First of all, the podcast league. I talked about this on the tight end preview on Thursday. You've got a few more days to get your submissions in. Just so you know, I am not going to uh, make any decisions on who's in the podcast league until Friday night when I have some time to go through the submissions. But here's what you do. We want something fun, something creative. Or just, you know what, if you don't feel like being creative, just tell us, hey, I'm a loyal listener, whatever, I love you guys. I'll pick a few of those to get in as well. But send an email to fantasyfootball at cbsi.com and put podcast league in the subject line. Podcast league has to be in the subject line. Fantasy football at cbsi.com. That is the letter I, by the way, not the word I. Um, yeah, we want to rap. We want a poem. Something cool, something clever. If you can attach a YouTube clip, 
that would be great if you want to rap or something. You know, just have fun with it. Um, so that's for the podcast league. The draft is Monday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. If you cannot make that draft, please do not apply to be in the podcast league. Uh, also, sportsline.com. Sportsline.com is an awesome uh, tool for you. We've got a bunch of new analysts this year. We got Brandon Bowers, who's an injury expert. We got a couple of girls that we dra- that uh, Jamie and I drafted with over the weekend. Brandon Marianne Lee and Jen Ryan. They're draft. They're uh, writing for Sportsline. It's nine ninety nine a month, I believe. But if you use the promo code Breakout, you can get your first month for one dollar. Uh, the promo code is Breakout if you sign up on Sportsline.com. Fantasy gambling, a bunch of sports stuff. You'll love it. And last thing, sorry, I know it's a long announcement. Uh, Announcement uh, segment here. We have a league sweepstake. We are giving away a league, a free commissioner league. Uh, go to cbssports.com slash commissioner, and you can enter to win a free 2018 football commissioner league. cbssports.com slash commissioner. All right. I'm sorry about that, everybody. What is your overall wide receiver strategy? Take good ones. Oh. that. No, mine is to take bad ones. <laughs> Uh, take bad ones. Take good ones. Heath, you just want to take average ones? Go ahead, Heath. No intentional positional strategy. No intentional uh, positional seriously? strategy. Seriously, no intentional positional seriously, strategy. No intentional positional strategy. But uh-huh. how important is it to you to get a top 10 wide receiver? It's not the most important thing, especially in non-PPR. I think you can find wide receivers in rounds three and four that you'll be okay starting. And that's on the assumption that your first two picks are really, really good such as two top ten running backs, uh, stud running back, and Gronk, something like that. But I, I think what you will see in most of your drafts is the majority of fantasy leaguers taking one running back, one wide receiver, not necessarily in that order, after the first two rounds. So one of each, that means that they're wide open to go in any direction they want in round three and beyond, and they can feel good about, well, I've got my stud running back, I've got my stud wide receiver, I'm, I'm ready to take on the world. And I don't know who really thinks that way on drafts other than like, you know, like little character actors and old time movies. But that's what you're looking at. You want to find, you want to try. I think it's smart to get at least one good wide receiver with your first three picks. What's more important to you guys, having a top 10 running back or having a top 10 wide receiver? Well, with me, you know what the answer is. Running back. Yeah. Depends where I'm drafting. And it probably depends on the format, right? Sure. Heath, do you have any preference? I would ra- much rather have a top five wide receiver than a top ten running back, and that's the decision you're making based on ADP. So I would rather have a top two wide receiver than a top six running back. But another decision you're making. You're not he, you're not ever really with ADP right now. You're not making a decision between the tenth running back and the tenth receiver because running backs are going so much quicker. You're not going to force that though, right? Your first five picks aren't going to be – your first five overall aren't wide receivers. You're not going to be a my, knucklehead. My first five aren't running backs. I'm not a knucklehead just going to take the fifth running back over Antonio Brown. That's fine, unless you really thought that that guy would be it. But if you – I'm just saying, like, if right. you have the number one overall pick, you're still going to take a running back. There's I'll take running back with the first three and wide receiver with the next two. Regardless of format. Regardless of format. I, I'm not 100% sure why Hopkins is – because he's not really in – like, Fantasy Pros ADP, he's going, like, eighth – uh, ninth overall, four picks after Antonio Brown. I, but we always seem to have them sort of back to back in drafts. It's like Brown goes, okay, now Hopkins has to go. In fantasy pros, you've got Barkley and Kamara in between the two of them. 
There's uh, no chance I dig either one of them ahead of DeAndre Hopkins. You also have Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Melvin Gordon behind them. I, I guess I'm just wondering why Hopkins is considered basically almost in the Brown tier instead of the Beckham, Julio, et cetera tier. Yeah, but I think you see most drafts, that's where he's going to end up going, closer to that tier than to the Brown tier. Do you think so? Yeah, I mean, we saw it in the, in the draft we just did. He went behind Jones and Beckham. Oh, really? Which draft was that? The one yesterday? The Superflex one. Oh, the Super, oh, okay, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a weird draft. Um, does it, what, what's a better start, in your opinion? Running back, running back, or wide receiver, wide receiver? Totally depends on where you're drafting. If I'm drafting in the first three picks, probably running back, running back. If I'm drafting in the last three, probably receiver, receiver. I also think format matters. Yeah. The wide receiver, wide receiver, I like a lot better in PPR. What do you like better? Let's say like Melvin Gordon and, and Dalvin Cook or Odell Beckham and Julio Jones? Beckham and Jones. Gordon and Cook. (laughs) Jamie? Beckham and Jones. Honestly, like, it's fine to disagree on that. That's, there's no wrong answer maybe. We could say that. Those are all Well, there will be. (laughs) There will be, but good luck predicting it. Um, alright, which group do you like more? Amari Cooper, Larry Fitzgerald, Josh Gordon, Demarius Thomas, maybe a Minnesota wide receiver falls, so like Cooper, Fitz, Gordon, Demarius, Vikings wide receiver, or Alex Collins and Kenyon Drake. Just those two running backs? Well, that's actually the way, and I was going to say Jay Ajayi because he's there, but I know you don't like him in that group. I like Collins better than those receivers in non-PPR. I think I like all those receivers better than Drake. Oh, Derrick Henry too. Uh, so, I mean, the, the question here is, which position depth do you like more at the end of round three slash beginning of round four? The wide receivers or the running backs in a 12-team league? Henry and Collins. Take out Drake. And Mixon's got to be in there, too. No, he's no, going, he's going to the first or the early third. Or yeah, early second. third, sometimes second now. Yeah. There are more wide receivers. I mean, it's it's not a bad group, you know, especially in PPR. Fitzgerald's so safe. He's top ten every year. Uh, I'd love to get Stefan Diggs in that range. No way. It's not really happening, but. No. Uh, but I would. Nor, I would nor should to. it. Yeah, yeah he's, should. he's going 30th. Thielen is going 32nd. Alright, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, strategy in a three receiver league. Does it change? It does change a little bit because replacement cost is quite a bit lower at wide receiver. So that does elevate the receivers up just a little bit. I'm certainly more likely to start receiver-receiver in a three-receiver league. Okay, do do you feel like going running back-running back in a three-receiver league is a big mistake? Like, Do you feel like you need to have one of those top ten wide receivers? I don't think it's a big mistake. I just did it in in a PPR draft, a 12-team PPR that we did on Tuesday. And the only reason why I did it is because I had Kareem Hunt and Melvin Gordon. I'm not going to force myself into taking two running backs. But when I've got two of my top ten overall picks, uh, I'm going to take them. Can you can and, you pull up the rest the, of your team? Part of the key. Let, let us know sure, who the wide receivers I can go are. Over. Sorry, Adam. Yeah, no, no, no. I would love to know who the wide receivers are on that team. They are actually wide receivers that I'm happy with. I picked up uh, the next three receivers. You probably don't care about the bench guys. Thielen, Tyreek Hill, and I purposely took Thielen first because I knew Hill would make it back to me. And Emmanuel Sanders. It's it's not the prettiest trio of wide receivers by any stretch, but they're guys I'm comfortable starting. I'd like to think of those three as all number two wideouts for my fantasy team in a PPR. 
And I've got those three plus others along with two stud running backs and a nice tight end. I think that's pretty good. I think there's going to be some some Emmanuel Sanders disagreement at some point, but that's fine. I mean, that's a. I think there's going to be disagreement with all three of those receivers at some. Yeah, point. Yeah, but who's going to disagree with Tyreek Hill in the fourth round? I mean, Jamie, you're the low guy on Tyreek Hill, right? You you don't mind. No, I think the fourth, fourth round is where he should go. So, right. I think that's great, great value for a, a player that could sway your fantasy team. Right. All right. I'm going to get into uh, some sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Also, want to talk about uh, who's most likely to be a bust in the top ten. Real quick, though. You know, Heath, I'm going to just throw it to you because I know you're you're probably the biggest DFS fan. We all love DFS, and I've been in the Fort Lauderdale office. I work in New York. The rest of the guys are in Fort Lauderdale. I've been down there on a Sunday, and we've got combined, the four of us, you know, over a 100 fantasy teams. And the ones that we focus the most on are our FanDuel teams, right? Like we get so into it every week because it's just kind of different. You have a little bit more ownership of uh, – of of the team, I think, compared to a seasonal draft because, you know, you get to pick from anyone available in the league. It's not like in a draft where, oh, these 10 guys are off the board. I don't have a chance at them. No, FanDuel's really fun. You get salary cap, and you get to pick uh, any players in the league as long as they fit your budget. So uh, I'll throw it to you, Heath, just quickly. You want to talk about the games that you like to play on FanDuel and let everybody know uh, what they might be missing if they're not on. Something we did last year that I think was the most fun thing – I mean, I – I'm the guy setting 100 plus lineups every Sunday morning, so I, I obviously really am into the DFS thing. But something we did last year for the first time that I really enjoyed is we set up a friends group and we played basically a league every Sunday. We'd all set our FanDuel lineup, we'd compete that week, and then FanDuel kept track for us for the entire season over how many points each person had scored, throwing out I think your worst two scores. That was the most fun playing DFS I'd ever had. Yeah, it's really cool. Very cool. And if you want to get started on FanDuel right now and get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit, that can go a long way, those 20 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. FanDuel.com slash FFT. Get a $20 bonus when you make your first deposit on FanDuel. All right, uh, let's talk about... Let's talk about those top 10 wide receivers and who's the most likely to be a bust. And Heath, I'm going to throw it to you because you don't even have Mike Evans in your top 10, so I'm guessing that would be your call uh, of the most likely to be a bust. Yeah, and for me, like the vo- I've talked about the volume before, and the 144 targets isn't really that far behind the rest of that group. I've got A.J. Green at 152, Julio around 150. The problem is Mike Evans' efficiency with those targets. The one year we saw him be a star-wide receiver in fantasy, it was largely because he got 170-plus targets in that season, 172. I don't see any way for him to get that with the emergence of Chris Godwin with the two tight ends they're going to throw the ball a lot to, and they're still going to throw it to their running backs to some as well. So I, he is the guy amongst those top 10 that I have projected for lower than 80 catches. All of the rest of them are over 80 catches. And you're just counting on him having another 12 touchdown season to get into the top seven or eight. Does anybody share those concerns on Mike Evans? Yep, I do. I think he's the most likely to bust of the top 10. Makes sense. Uh, he's going toward the end of it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he does, but... You know, like, I'm, I'm always gonna try and gravitate toward anybody's getting 140 plus targets. And I'm just looking at last year, like, you had two, three guys that finished in the top 10 that were under 140 targets. 
It was Marvin Jones, Tyreek Hill, and Brandon Cooks. Right. And, and Did I, all three have under 120 targets too? They all had under 115 targets. So Jones was 107, Hill was 105, Cooks was 114. The guy who finished the lowest with the most targets was Demarius. He had 140. Always, so, always 140 for Demarius Thomas. Right. So I, I think that's just the you know you you look for for guys in that range, and so uh, it, it's I think we talked about this with Michael Thomas a few weeks ago. Like it's it's hard for somebody to get as many targets as he has and and does not find the end zone on a on a higher clip. Oh yeah. And and Evans has two seasons under his belt of 12 touchdowns. So if he scores 10, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibility, even with and I agree with what he said. The tight ends will be there. The other two receivers will be a part of this. I still think he could be exactly what he was a year ago, 71, 1,001, and still scored 10 touchdowns. And that will propel him into the top 10. Should also point out that Mike Evans led the team in receiving in all three games he played with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He had 95, 92, and 78 yards plus one touchdown in those three games. So if you're sitting there going, well, he doesn't have Jameis. For the first uh, three games, he did very well with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I, I didn't downgrade Evans at all because of the Fitzpatrick news, and I think you could make an argument. I'm not making the argument. You could make an argument that he might be better when Fitzpatrick's playing because I think Fitzpatrick might just throw the ball up to him more. Yeah, you're worried about them spreading the ball around. Okay, uh Dave, who's the most likely to be a bust in the top ten? You also think it's Evans? I also think it's Evans. Who, who else scares you, if anybody? Is there anybody that you find yourself passing over a lot? No. Okay. I'm sorry not to give you the a, a different answer, but no. Like if I can get my hands on one of those top ten receivers at a value that I'm happy with, and instead of not instead of, but picking them ahead of running backs that I'm more than happy to do that with. You understand what I'm saying? Like yes. if there if there's no running backs left that I like, I'm going to wide receiver. So w- would you guys take Mike Evans or Joe Mixon? Evans. Evans. I think I'd still take Evans, yeah. All right, Jamie, mo- uh, top ten wide receiver most likely to bust. I-, I agree with everything that's been said. It's just it's a very it's a very likable group. They're nice guys, <laughs> but but I, you know it's it's just one of those things where I, I could see th- there's a reason why Evans is falling to the third round. It's it's the concern of what we saw last year. Plus, people worried about Fitzpatrick again. They shouldn't be, but they are. And there's a reason why Hilton's falling to the third round. I- I'm not going to be surprised if. Hilton passes him in average draft position. I still think Evans has a higher ceiling if both play at their best. But I understand if you want to take Hilton ahead of Evans because of Andrew Luck being back. All right, fine. Then here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna put I'm gonna put three minutes on the clock. This segment will not take any longer than three minutes. I'm gonna go through every of uh, every one of these elite wide receivers and give you a reason why they're going to be a bust. And I don't I don't believe these. I'm just saying, <laughs> just a, a, a possibility. And I want you to tell me the likelihood, okay? Uh, On the likelihood meter The likelihood. Well, that'll just get confusing. Antonio Brown. He's starting to get injury prone. He missed two and a Madden half games. Madden curse. Madden curse. He missed two and a half games with a torn calf last year. He had a quad strain in training camp. He's getting pissed off at, at, uh, at reporters for reporting injuries. Antonio Brown is the, I think the oldest one in this group, uh, injury prone. No? He's also the most consistent fantasy receiver over the last three years. Dave doesn't understand the game. You're supposed to give a negative reason. I'll give a, I'll, I'll no, give, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm I'll, contrarian. I'll give a one on the, uh, bustometer. Okay. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was actually better without Deshaun Watson than he was 
with Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson's going to be terrible for DeAndre Hopkins. The Texans, I, I hear, are looking to reacquire Brock Osweiler. Ah, the okay, Dolphins good. Cut him, and, and there's DeAndre Hopkins' flaw. Um, Hopkins' share of the targets fell to like 28%, which is still awesome for receivers when Will Fuller was healthy. So he could get less targets and only finish sixth or seventh instead of second. Odell Beckham, talk about fewer targets. Well, first of all, he's never finished higher than fourth overall. But uh, he was on pace to be much better than that in 2014. But, yeah, he, he's got a lot of people to contend with, and now they've got a running game. I think the running game will help him. The fact that there's other people there will probably mean that defenses will play more zone coverage, which he can bust. His quarterback. You are old. not. You are not participating in this. No, it's not. I'm, not. I'm doing he, he the gets, exact opposite. He gets videotaped in a hotel room again with uh, questionable things. <laughs> Julio he, Jones. He, uh, is he doesn't. He doesn't hardly ever play 16 games. He only done it once in his four-year career. That's true. That's true. Julio Jones is allergic to touchdowns. Uh, yes, he sneezes at them. <laughs> well, Matt Ryan doesn't throw the ball that much anymore. Matt Ryan has two seasons in his last three with only 21 or 20 touchdown passes. Julio Jones is going to be a bust in in non PPR. Three touchdowns again. They added Calvin Ridley. They'll make it harder for defenses to double-team Julio Jones. <laughs> He's going to be much, much better. I refuse to say anything bad about Julio Jones. 80 receptions, 1,400 yards, lock it down. He's he healthy. Has, he has been top three in yards three straight seasons. I think top two in yards three straight seasons. Has it been three minutes yet? Uh, all right, next up, Keenan Allen. Also, not enough touchdowns to justify his non-PPR ADP. He lacerates his kidney again, and he's done for the season. This one, I sub- this one, I don't know that I don't believe though. It, unless you think the touchdowns are going up without Hunter Henry there, and without Andrew. he was on pace. He was on pace for what eight when he had the kidney injury. Yes, yes. I, I think that's where he'll be. Seven or eight, and that's good enough. With he's maybe the most targets in football. He's going to lead the NFL in receptions. All right, but in a non PPR league, you talk about Keenan Allen. If you're expecting eight touchdowns from him. You might want to, I mean, you might want to take a running back over him. Like, I, Leonard Fournette might score six more touchdowns. Four, I don't know. Four well, to 1400 six yards and eight touchdowns is still worth his ADP. How many wide receivers last year scored eight or more touchdowns? Well, only two scored double digit touchdowns, but was a bad year for wide receivers. But yeah, I, I, I know. I get Thir- it. 13 guys scored at least eight. Uh, okay. Only six, only very, six, only six scored more than eight. Very few of them had 1400 yards. Yeah. AJ Green has very little chance to be the number one wide receiver. He has the least upside of any top ten, uh, anyone other than Hilton. Tyler Eifert scores 13 touchdowns again, and John Ross. Wait, no, I'm sorry. I want I want you to react to it because I actually believe that Green has the <laughs> least amount of upside other than Hilton. I mean, he's he's 75, 1100, and eight touchdowns out of the out the door. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that at all, Adam. He's got two years with 90 catches, 1300 yards, and 11 touchdowns. You know how long ago that was, though? He had a year where he only played 10 games two years ago and put up 66, 964. And he was on pace for six touchdowns that year. But, but your argument about Evans is very similar to AJ Green. It's very much related to his targets because his yards per catch is extremely consistent. He just needs a ton of targets. The Bengals do not throw the ball that much. His yards per catch is very consistent. The difference between him and Mike Williams is he catches about Mike ten percent. Mike Evans is he catches about ten percent more of his targets than Evans. Does. And he didn't do it last year. He had a career low catch rate, fifty-two point four percent. That was an outlier. It was based on how bad the Bengals' offensive line and Andy Dalton was. Those things are improved this year. The floor for AJ Green is the seventy-five, ten, seventy-eight, and eight stat line he had. Oh yeah, oh, he's great. He's got a very high floor. 
Can uh, he finish number one? Probably not. Could he finish three, four? Yeah. He hasn't done that since 2013. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Michael Thomas. I love Michael Thomas. Guys, look at this. There have been seven players in the Drew Brees Saints era with more than 130 targets. Michael Thomas scored the fewest touchdowns of all seven of those players by, by like a mile. He had five. The others had 11, 7, 11, 10, 9, and 16. So. Who were those players? A lot of them were tight ends, if I remember. Uh, Jimmy Graham, I think twice. Colson. Marcus Colston. Uh, He's maybe like Cooks once. But, um, there's no reason why Michael Thomas should have caught five touchdowns last year, right? No, it's the same no. thing like I feel with Evans. He's just going to get enough targets and, and the touchdowns will go up. And that's a guy with a great catch rate over the course of his career. And entering his third season, so he should improve a little bit in some areas of his game. Last one, Devontae Adams. He's got concussions. Suffered two concussions last year, missed the final two games of the season, had a concussion in 2016. Um, and he's he's not had a 1,000-yard season yet, I don't think. No, he had nine hundred ninety-seven two years ago. His targets will be interesting because I don't think he'll be one hundred forty plus, but he has the the most accurate quarterback throwing the ball. And here's another fun stat for Devontae. I, I don't know why I did this. It just sounds like I'm crapping on everybody, but I, I feel like I got to bring up some of the negatives and let people decide what they feel. Uh, everybody loves these these wide receivers. They're very good. Um, Green Bay has had a wide receiver rank in the top ten in red zone targets in four straight seasons. In three of those four, they've had a wide receiver rank in the top four in red zone targets. And how about this, if you're not confused yet? In two of the last four years, this is amazing, the Packers have had multiple wide receivers ranked in the top four in red zone targets. That's crazy. Aaron Rodgers just throws a lot of touchdowns. All right, it's time for our fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. We're profiling an underrated fantasy football player who listeners should get to know as they could be the key to winning your season. All right, who is your favorite favorite sleeper wide receiver? I'll go with Robbie Anderson, a guy who's being drafted about 30 spots lower than where he actually finished at the position last year. He was the number 15 wide receiver in fantasy. He's currently number 42 <laughs> in fantasy drafts. And I think he may actually be better. Anderson is a speedster who can get behind the defense just about whenever he wants. But last year, kind of like Marquise Goodwin, he got a lot better as a route runner and doing the intermediate stuff. I think Anderson should have a big year. All right, love it, Robbie Anderson, Jamie. Who's your I just sleeper? I just worry with Anunwa being back, how the targets will go, because Jermaine Curse is a fine player, but Anunwa I think is going to command more targets, and I just wonder if that hurts Anderson just a little bit. I, I mean, where he's going is unbelievable value, so you don't pass him up there. I just wonder where the ceiling is for Anderson. Like, was last year the ceiling, and will he come down? It, it might have been. Mm-hmm. I'm still okay with that. <laughs> Right. Yeah, yeah we're, I mean, we're getting him. Is, is, I took him in the draft yesterday. You know, as my fourth receiver, I'm thrilled with that. Can I just throw this out there? Is is Terrell Pryor a deep sleeper? No. If he's healthy. I, no. He, I guess, he was hurt all year. It, it, it's 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 a throwaway pick because if he does anything for you, he's you know one of your last round picks. Yeah, but I don't want to pick a player with a throwaway pick who I know I'm going to throw away. I I want to have somebody who at least has a chance. I think he has a chance. I mean, he's, he obviously has a chance. chance, but it's not a very know. good chance. Remember when we were drafting him last year? I think we learned the year? lesson last year. But he was hurt all year. And I, he's I, hurt now. I, well, he's getting healthy now. I mean, I don't know. I don't know why he wasn't allowed to talk about his injury, by the way. I feel bad for Terrell Pryor. Todd Bowles is very mean to him. Okay, next up, Jamie, who's I your think, favorite sleeper? I think if you take Terrell Pryor, you should just not tell anybody. Just say, I forfeit my last pick. Super, super deep. Whatever. Nobody's drafting Terrell Pryor. Jamie, sleeper. Round 26. Jamie, sleeper. 
Uh, Kenny Stills, I, I just think, you know, prior to Devontae Parker's injury, he was the best receiver. I've been saying it all offseason, and he's going to be the best receiver in Miami. And I hope they move him around a little bit. I know Danny Amendola is going to lock down the slot role, but uh, he was good out of the slot when he got opportunities to play there. Uh, he's got a strong rapport with Ryan Tannehill. Um, and, again, just similar to Robbie Anderson, where you're getting him. Anytime you get a number one receiver for a team, pass round eight. You should be thrilled about that. Do you know what his ADP is on CBS? Uh, it's like in the 140s, right? Something 133.97. Like yeah. yeah. Fun fact about Kenny Stills' ADP and finish. In 2016, he was the number 69 receiver off the board and drafts, nice. finished 28th. Last year, he was the number 64 receiver off the board, finished 24th. This year, he's the number 49 receiver. So it's taking us three years to learn about Kenny and Stills. And we still not. Well, Jamie has, and I've got him ranked inside my top. I, I think he's better than 133rd overall. I think I have him in my top 30 right now. Yeah, he's pretty close to there for me too. Yeah, yeah, he was he was a top 30 wide receiver last year. Also, he did pretty well. If Devontae Parker misses any time, Kenny Stills had in three games without Devontae Parker, he had one terrible game, 13 yards. Then he had 49 yards and a touchdown. Then he had 85 yards and two touchdowns. Um, I think it'll help reason- that Devontae Parker is like. Never going to be Devontae Parker. Okay. Uh, all right, Heath, uh, rather Dave, who's your sleeper? I, I like Mike Williams, who is somehow going behind Kenny Stills on CBS ADP. Uh, again, no Hunter Henry for the Chargers all year. We know that that's going to be the case, and it stinks for them in the middle of the field. But here's a nice, big, healthy target with a big catch radius and the pedigree of a first-round pick catching passes from Phillip Rivers. I, I don't think he'll be better than Keenan Allen, but I think he's going to be – I think his ceiling is 800 yards and eight touchdowns. And I'd like to draft a player like that in the in the mid to late rounds. Yeah, and they are replacing a lot of touchdowns. 2016, Gates and Henry had 15 touchdowns. 2017, they had, uh, I think, seven touchdowns. And a bunch of red zone targets. 23 red zone targets last year, 19 of them inside the 10-yard line. That could help Keenan Allen as well. And I know I've asked you this uh, previously, but I'll ask you again. Why Mike Williams instead of Tyrell Williams? I think he's a more complete receiver. Red zone. Yeah. Yeah, I I still have Tyrell ranked higher. I'm just waiting for Mike to force my hand. And that was our fantasy profile presented by Buffalo Wild Wings. Buffalo Wild Wings understands that being a fantasy football league manager is a tough job. They're here to help. It's important to get a good first impression. Feed your league. That starts with the draft. If you want your league to love you, book your draft party at B-Dubs. Here's what you'll get. A free draft kit, a special draft feast of boneless wings, three sides, and three shareables for a special price to feed your league. So come in and get to drafting up some league manager love at Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, beer, sports at participating locations while supplies last. Your favorite breakout wide receiver is blank. I'll still roll with Corey Davis. I know that he hasn't been practicing very much these days. Hopefully he gets back on the field. This is a drum that we're going to continue to kind of bang. I don't know if anybody's off the Corey Davis bandwagon completely, but I think his upside in this offense is, um, I think it's top 12 good. And so getting somebody like that in that round six, seven range is probably worth taking the chance on, especially if you're really happy with your first two receivers. Corey Davis is going... As the as a 26 wide receiver off the board, route 70th overall. The ones going right after him, I mean, almost the next three picks basically: Crabtree, 
Chris Hogan, and Will Fuller. What do you think about that group? Corey Davis, Crabtree, Hogan, and Fuller. I'd much rather have Crabtree. I would too. I have them ranked one spot apart, Crabtree ahead of Davis as of now. But, I mean, you think about they're kind of in similar situations, except one guy has, I would hope, just based on age, you know, a higher ceiling at this point than Davis. But Crabtree should be better uh, given the situation with his health. But, look, Rashard Matthews can't get on the field. And, um, you know, when they're talking about Tajay Sharp running with the ones and, and do we establish is it Taewon or Taiwan? Taiwan. Taiwan Taylor, uh, who I think is an, is an, another nice sleeper with a late round pick, um, is going to be their slot guy. Davis should dominate targets on this team. And, and he, I mean, you know, this Matthews has been a very successful fantasy receiver. Davis should ascend past him, you know, going, he should, into, yeah, you know, it, it, given the circumstances, especially. So, if he just does what Matthews has done for the last two years, that puts him in the top 30. And if he's better than what Matthews has been, he's going to be a top 20 guy. And what about Hogan, though? I mean, he's my favorite breakout. Okay. Let's go right to that then, Jamie. Yeah. Your favorite I, I, I think, I think if he plays 13 plus games, you're going to get a top 20 receiver because he has a four game head start on Edelman. He doesn't have Brandon Cooks there. And, and we know what Cooks was. Where are those 114 targets going to go? Is that Kenny Britt? Is that Cordero Patterson? Is it Hogan taking a big chunk of that? Obviously, Gronk's going to get his numbers. Uh, the the pass-catching role out of the backfield is James White, but Deion Lewis did some of that. Hopefully, Rex Burkhead and Sonny Michelle do as well. But I just think that Brady has to lean on somebody now. And you saw it in the Super Bowl. You saw it last year. He was on pace for 10 touchdowns before he got hurt. He, he Granted, he has a hard time staying healthy. It's, it's, it's a frustrating thing with him. But I, I just love the circumstances. Again, no Cooks, no Edelman. No Edelman, excuse me, no Cooks, no Amendola, and no Edelman for four games. I I think he's going to be in that 120 target range. Heath, who's your favorite breakout? I'll go with Marquise Goodwin. We've probably talked enough about what he did in the last five games, but one of the reasons we were excited about Pierre Garçon going into last year was that Kyle Shanahan's offense generally features a number one wide receiver that gets a lot of targets. Right now, I don't think there's going to be any doubt who that number one wide receiver in San Francisco is. We get a report on it every day. It's Marquise Goodwin. Mm-hmm. Julio Jones for two years in Atlanta. Obviously, that makes sense. Garcon got the 180 target season under Shanahan in Washington in 2013. Even 2014 in Cleveland when he didn't have a number one receiver, Andrew Hawkins got 40 more targets than any other receiver on the team. I think Goodwin's going to get a ton of targets, and he's going to do a bunch with them. Is there a wide receiver right now that you think – could either get there for the first time or jump back in there with those elite, you know, top tens. Um, you know, I'm thinking maybe somebody like Allen Robinson, Demarius Thomas. Uh, and this is going to sound crazy, but maybe someone like Sammy Watkins, if Patrick Mahomes just falls in love with him and we finally get to see what Sammy Watkins can do. I don't necessarily. How about Amari that. Cooper? Yeah, that's the name Cooper? I was thinking. Or, or one, like one of the Vikings receivers. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Can I can I call Diggs a breakout? Yes. Yeah, Dig. I think yeah, definitely. I think he's going to have can. his best year of his <laughs> career, and that's saying something since he scored eight touchdowns last year. I, I I I'm I'm over the moon for him. I've got both of those guys my top seventeen wide receivers, and if I had some way to see which one Kirk, like I know who he favored in the first preseason game. If he favors Diggs like that in the in the regular season, it'll be Diggs. If it's Thielen, Dig- then he could break out too. Diggs is in my top twelve. So Diggs or Tyreek Hill? Hill, Diggs for me, and, and it's not close. I'll take Hill. Diggs or Larry Fitzgerald in PPR? Larry, Larry, Diggs. 
Jay, all right, Jay, he caught 64 passes last year in 14 games. Yep, I think he's going to be 85-plus. What did he do in, in 2006? He caught 84 passes in 13 games in 2016. So. I, I've got him at 84 catches, but that's 30 behind. What's Larry? the full projection that you have for him? 84, 1,044 yards, seven touchdowns. And I think our site has him for... Let's see here. Sorry. Blank will be a bust. Uh, then we'll get Our site has him well, for 80, 86, 1,051, and, and 7.7 touchdowns. Right. We're so you, very close. You, the site and Heath are very close. I, I'm i the low man on Diggs. I hate how inconsistent he's been really over the course of his career. The catches have been great. PPR is definitely a different story for him. The guy has six games in his life in the NFL with over 100 yards and 19 with 60 yards or less. Who were his quarterbacks over that span? Well, Case Keenum was like an MVP candidate for a time last season, and he, <laughs> he managed was? to still— Because yes, of Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. Yeah. Sure, those guys helped him out a lot. And Cousins is an upgrade. I can't take that away. How could you take that away after what we saw in the first preseason game? Cousins is going to be good for him. I just, I don't like, I don't like putting Diggs that high when he's never had a thought. When he, it, it's just, it's that he hasn't done it before, and I don't see that path for him to do it again. Because he's never had a thousand yards? Because he's never had a thousand yards, and the eight touch, how many other times has he had more than six touchdowns? Never. He's had four, three, and eight. Sure. Right. But, so but, last year was def. I, I think last year you could definitely say is a breakout year for him. And I understand what your perspective is, Jamie. You think he's going to do better than that this year, which would make him a breakout. I mean, the key again. I'm just. I, I know that there's going to be plenty of targets. I know that his catch rate is great. I know that he's a fun player to watch. I just don't like the lack of consistency. Last season, two of his first three games were unbelievable games, and they were like. 35% of his total production well, on the four kind of, I think the key, it was three of his first The key four. for him will be staying healthy. That's a key too. Yeah. Three, three of his first four were great it. and then he got hurt. You know, that's kind of, I don't know how much of an impact that had, but that's sort of what made me gravitate to Thielen, to Diggs over Thielen, uh, was that before, when they were both healthy, Diggs was better and then he got hurt and Thielen kind of took over. Uh, and yeah, it was really frustrating with Diggs because you look at his game log, his last like Seven games, 32, 66, 32, 64, 30, 60, 65 yards. That's not going to cut it. So I, I see where you're coming from, Dave. I I think that he's a very talented player and just hasn't had the opportunity to break out yet. If he stays healthy, we might be able to see a, a, a side of Stefan Diggs that we've never seen. When he first broke onto the scene, his, I remember reading about his, his teammates raving about, we've got this steal. One of his teammates, a, a defensive back, I don't remember who it was, said he was going to the Hall of Fame. Obviously that's crazy, but I believe there's a, there's immense talent there. Uh, I hope yes, we can get on I, And I agree. But we've learned through the years in fantasy football that opportunity matters more than talent. And I, I, I just, I see the ADP of 32nd overall and there's other players I would take there. I, I love him in round four. I'm never going to get him because I'm drafting with Jamie and Heath. But I, that's when I'm comfortable taking Stephon Diggs. Okay. And also there's that whole Kirk Cousins has never produced a wide receiver ranked higher than 28th in non-PPR or 22nd in PPR in any of his last three seasons. But then we thought we learned that maybe that was more of a Redskins philosophy to spread the ball around rather than a Cousins philosophy. So take that for what it's worth. Uh Okay, so that's a bust for Dave. Jamie, who's a bust for you? Brandon Cooks. I don't think he's getting anywhere near the targets he's been got. He's gotten the last what three seasons, four seasons. Uh, he'll be, I think, right around a hundred targets or less in an offense that will definitely spread the ball around. Um, 
I don't know if he's better than Cooper Cup or Robert Woods. So what what round would you take him in? Six. That's what his ADP is right now on CBS. I don't know what it is on yeah, CBS. Yeah, CBS is the one site where his ADP I think is in line with probably what I'd expect. He's his overall is nineteenth overall. Yeah, no, and top seventeen on three of the five sites yeah, on Fantasy no. Pros. Too high. Yeah, he's going forty six. Brandon Cooks on Fantasy Pros. Uh, Heath a bust. I'll stick with Julian Edelman in non PPR. Um, he's still the number thirty one wide receiver overall in non PPR. I don't know that that's too far from what you'd expect from him in that format once he's back on a game to game basis. Maybe it's five or six spots too lo- too low, and I don't think you're going to want to start him even his very first week back. So you're probably looking at seven weeks of borderline number two production for number three cost. I'm sorry, Heath. Where did you say Edelman was going? 31st at receiver. In PPR? In non-PPR. In non-PPR. I'm starting to show that sentiment too, Heath. He's going ahead of... The fact that he's banged up is not good. And he's going ahead of Marquise Goodwin. He's going ahead of Robbie Anderson. There's no chance I'd take him ahead of either one of those guys. I'd rather have Emmanuel Sanders. Huh. All right, let, let's talk about Emmanuel Sanders. First, who would rather have Emmanuel Sanders over Julian Edelman? I might get there pretty soon. Not me. Yeah, this is, uh I don't know, is he a trendy industry guy, Emmanuel Sanders? Yes. Yeah. Should yeah. he be? It's because of what his ADP was. Well, okay, his ADP right now is eighty is 90th. That's pretty late. That's fair value for him. Yeah, that's good. We start seeing Sanders get into like round six or seven, maybe in the seventies in ADP. Is that too early? I think round six, round seven is is fine. I think that's a that's a little bit early for where I'd like to take him. I mean, you you got guys. I'd have a hard time taking him over in non PPR somebody like Jordy. Really? Okay. Um, yeah. So it's it's easy to forget two thousand. 15 and 16. Not forgetting 2017, 2015 and 16. The quarterback situation wasn't great for the Broncos. And he had 76 and 79 catches. And he had on he averaged about 1100 yards and 5 to 6 touchdowns. He's a frustrating player to me, Sanders. He's so inconsistent. And that's I guess because he just doesn't catch that many touchdowns. And he's 31 years old and struggled pretty bad with injuries last year. And they've got a, a rookie receiver in Cortland Sutton that's just looked awesome. Yeah, and um, you know, again, referencing when uh, Pete Prisco was out there, he said this, I think, on our show on on Monday that the the organization was frustrated with both him and Thomas because they weren't happy with the situation that they were dealing with, the quarterback situation. And so, if they're going to move Thomas around and move him in the slot, which has been the reports this off season, who suffers? To me, it's Sanders because that means they're getting Sutton on the field. And that guy, by all accounts, has made so many plays in training camp. So is that a, a rapport that's developing between Case Keenum and Sutton, especially in the red zone? It'll hurt both those guys, but I think it'll hurt Sanders more. All right, let's get. I think, I think I think he's a very good number three receiver, more so in PPR than standard. Let's get into. I've got him. Then. I've got him as my wide receiver twenty-seven in non-PPR, and he just strikes me as one of those wide receivers who. A, I think he's got a chance to get you close to a thousand yards over the course of the season. Do I think he can do it on a consistent basis? Hell no. But I think that he's the type of guy that you'll start each week as a wide receiver three who can potentially give your team the win with a big 100-yard touchdown type game, monster game. Mm -hmm. And those are the types of wide receivers that I'm going for 
starting as soon as round six. I don't think you can find a lot of safe wide receivers starting in round six. You got to start taking guys with that boomer bust upside. Also, if I could just say one thing about Julian Edelman, go to profootballreference.com, type in Julian Edelman, and select his last four seasons and look at his 16-game pace. His 16-game pace is 104 catches, 1,100 yards, and six touchdowns. He is Larry Fitzgerald. Why would you look at a 16-game pace for a player that can't play more than 12 and doesn't play every game when he's supposed to be Because he has played 16, 14, 9, and 6 games in those four seasons. And zero, so we're not, zero so last his la- year. His last five seasons then, because there's a zero in there as well. Yes, and I'm just saying, when he's been on the field, he has performed like Larry Fitzgerald. So, yep. I think that's, I think that's what, not really, not really, it basically exactly Larry Fitzgerald. I mean, Adam, you you should take that. A poor man's Larry Fitzgerald is pretty good. Okay, but I think that's selling him short, because 104 catches, 1100 yards, and six touchdowns, that's Larry Fitzgerald. So, I'm just saying, I don't, I don't think you can expect that, because older players coming off ACL tears, they struggle. I get it. But, let's not sell him short. It's, I think it's an exciting pick if you can get him late in a, you know, mid-round. But you can't. We just talked about his ADP. Thirty-first no, wide receiver in PPR, and, and he gotta, can perform like you a top ten. Take him 10? in the seventh round in the non-PPR draft. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I starting it. to wonder if that's too high. I, I'm I'm a little nervous about the the knee situation. If in fact he's still not 100, percent but if he's 100, percent I love it in round seven. I actually think that when I, I heard the report of Edelman saying he wasn't there yet, didn't have his legs under him, that was a couple weeks ago. At that point, uh, we still there had, was something yesterday or two days ago where it looked like he kind of slowed down after a, a reception, so people are getting. Oh my God, he's not the same Julian Edelman because apparently he finishes every play like a maniac. Can I? Can I just uh, point out one thing? I just want to say one thing that go I, ahead I actually and then I'm thought, go after I thought the suspension might actually be good for him to give him an extra month to recover. Now the can. last time he played football was 2016. Guess where he ranked in terms of consistency in fantasy football that year? I I will say this, Dave. I don't actually have no interest in him in non-PPR, and you're probably going to tell me his consistency in non-PPR. I only have interest in Julian Edelman in PPR leagues. because yeah, That's right, Adam. 66. It, he's, so, so do you only have interest in Larry Fitzgerald in PPR leagues? At his ADP, yeah. I think do you I, want Larry Fitzgerald's yeah. per-game pace over his last four seasons? Sure. Well, no, I want it it's over. Exactly I want it over his last because he always plays every game. I want it over his last three seasons. It's basically he's been exactly the same. Well, I I've got it over is. his last four. I, it doesn't matter. It's it's basically. Oh, that. it doesn't matter. Okay. Well, go ahead. Hundred catches, thousand seventy-eight yards, six touchdowns. Not as good as Edelman. Not as good. Worse than Not Edelman. Not quite. But if you look at his last three, it's slightly better than Edelman. Um. Alrighty. So. What do you, I'll let you react, Heath. What do you think about Fitzgerald in non-PPR if you had to take him early in the fourth round, say around 38th, 40th overall? That's, that's really about where I think he should be going, so I'm fine with it. Okay. So let's see what we can do here with average draft position. We've got Antonio Brown as the fifth overall pick, uh, after Gurley, Bell, Zeke, and Johnson. Then we have Barkley and Kamara, and then we have DeAndre Hopkins. I am looking, oh, I'm looking at standard. I should be looking at half PPR, so my apologies. Let me just toggle to half PPR. It's gonna be pretty similar anyway. Um, alright, Gurley, Bell, Zeke, Johnson. Yeah, it's the same. Brown, five, Kamara, Barkley, Hopkins. Would you guys take, I know Heath would take Hopkins over Kamara and Barkley. Dave, Jamie? 
Ask me the question again, please. Hopkins, Kamara, Barkley. Who goes first? In half PPR, I'll take Barkley, then Hopkins, then Kamara. Same. Full PPR? Same. Uh, I'll take Hopkins over both those guys. Then we have Gordon, Fournette, Hunt. Then we have Beckham going 12th overall as the third wide receiver. Julio Jones, 14th overall. I'll stop saying the running backs at this point. Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen. Although I will say that there are 10 running backs off the board in the first 14 picks and four wide receivers. So so after Brown and Hopkins, it's Beckham, Julio, Thomas, Allen, Adams, Green. Do you have any issues with that order? I would take Green over Adams. I go back and forth between those two. I just think that Green is safer, and I kind of like where Cincinnati is headed this year compared to last year. If you like taking younger guys with great quarterbacks, then Adams is the one you take first. Uh, by the way, I, I apologize to everybody. Just saw that Rashad Penny is out three to four weeks with a broken finger. So we're going to catch up on all the news, I think, on Friday. I don't think many people are drafting right now, but we'll get done with wide receivers, and then we'll talk about Penny. We'll talk about Devontae Parker. We'll talk about Ben Roethlisberger and the concussion, all that stuff. Uh, all right, so A.J. Green is wide receiver eight. He's off the board at 20th overall. And then we have a little bit of a lull. We have LaShawn McCoy. Nobody thinks he should go there. Joe Mixon, Rob Gronkowski, and Mike Evans, followed by Jarek McKinnon, followed by T.Y. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton going 30th overall. T.Y. Hilton's ADP is actually five spots lower than Mike Evans. So, yeah. Great value. Great value. Um, which can really, like, if that ADP is correct, and, and I encourage you all to do some mock drafts and see what you see, you know, see what you find. Find out what your friends are thinking if you can. But if you have a mid-round, you know, a mid-round pick, like the sixth pick, you can set yourself up to go with Barkley, Kamara, whichever running back you want after the big four, and then A.J. Green, and then T.Y. Hilton, something like that. And I think that would be a wonderful start. Uh Doug Baldwin, basically the same ADP as T.Y. Hilton. I've taken him in two drafts recently, almost at the end of round three, about 34th to 36th overall. When are you guys comfortable taking Doug Baldwin? Same spot, same spot. Yeah, I, I might take him a little earlier than that in PPR, but mid to end of the third is good for Baldwin. All right, I'm going to cut the show off here, and we're going to pick up where we left off uh, a tomorrow's show on wide receiver preview part two. And we're going to look at a fascinating group, in my opinion. The Vikings wide receivers, Tyreek Hill, Larry Fitzgerald, Juju Smith-Schuster, Demarius Thomas, Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, and all the way on down. Um, and, yeah, that'll, that'll be uh, that'll be great. So look forward to it. Tell your friends, everybody, to tune in to Wide Receiver Preview Part 2. Uh, Dave, I'm rambling here. I gotta go by. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na. Nah. <laughs>